Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We shape our systems and then our systems shape us. And so don't just take things at surface level. Look at what's driving. What are those things in the system that are driving either behaviors or results in the system? We all play games. Whether that's on a console, a laptop, with friends, or even in the real world. Hello, I am Mon Isberto. People call me Tech Lolo or Tech Tito, depending on your age and inclination. In this podcast, we look at the intersection between business and gaming. We ask people who are leaders in their fields, what games are they playing? For this episode, I'm joined by Mark Casillian from Puma Podcast. Hello, Mark here, casual gamer and podcaster. Okay, now Mark. Let me ask you a very simple question. What do you think makes for a perfect city? (laughs) There's been a lot of talk about building smart cities to make us better prepared for the future. But these often require huge investments, you know, not only in the usual infrastructure, transportation, roads, etc., etc., but also in technology. Digital solutions that provide innovative solutions to our problems. I think, Sermon, the perfect city has to make our lives better. For all the talk of technology, we should put people first. Oh, you've got a point there, Mark. Okay. Anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today. Cities and urban planning. And what does it have to do with business and gaming? Well, Sermon, we're talking to Benji de la Peña. And before our listeners tap skip... It's actually going to be an interesting conversation about people and our relationship to our cities. Great! And we will relate that to a game that I'm sure almost all of us are familiar with. And certainly, our guest is. Kaya ako naging urban planner dahil sa SimCity. Oh, I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. This is Episode 3 of Squad Leader. This podcast is brought to you by Smart. Live your passion with purpose with Smart Prepaid and powered by Puma Podcast. Benji de la Peña is the CEO of Shared Use Mobility Center, a nonprofit working to create a better transportation system in the US by providing their research and policy expertise. He's an urban planner and gamer who, as you've heard earlier, admits na naging urban planner siya dahil sa SimCity. Are you, are you joking or are you serious? Oh, I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. Uh, so I first played it siguro 1990, 1996, mga ganon, kasi hindi pa ako kasal, so 1996. And uh, a friend or neighbor of my girlfriend had SimCity in their, ano, in their 
in the computer. Mupo ako and I started playing with it. Aba, apat na oras hindi ko napansin. <laughs> and then that got me interested kasi ang uh, ano yun eh, city building, ayun ang yun ang game niya and the uh, challenge is can I get this city to run, right? And get people move moving in. And I I was thrilled with that. And at that time, nagtatrabaho ko for Manila Water. Part of my job, I was head of, I formed a community relations unit. I would go around, nakikita ko yung city. So, on top of that were questions. So, but ganito yung city natin? But hindi nag-work? O bakit, bakit may daming problema? Eh, sa Sim City naman, you build a city, tapos pwede mong i-tear down. Tapos, <laughs> you know, tapos malami siyang controls. So, medyo may mag- megalomania doon na parang, ah, I want to be able to shape a city. As you might already know, SimCity is a popular open-ended game where the goal is to build a city from scratch. It's basically a city management simulator. You know, you can raise taxes, build roads, manage land, except that you don't really get alien invasions in the real world like in the game. Right. So in transition din ako from teaching, I interned with Mon Jimenez's uh, advertising agency. That's the late tourism secretary Mon Jimenez who was behind the It's More Fun in the Philippines campaign. Yeah, I want to see what it's like because I was de- deciding a career. He said, okay, you can hang around. Uh, for free, <laughs> no pay. And the only thing that I ever did was I installed SimCity on their computer and they started playing it. Too. Sorry, sorry, long answer, yes. The SimCity got me interested in cities. It got me interested in the technology we use to understand cities. But Benji, apart from that, what got you hooked on this game? So one of my favorite books ever is a book by James P. Carsey called Finite and Infinite Games. And, and James Carsey differentiates two types of games. And by games, he, he writes generally. Finite games, the object is to win. Right? So basketball, manalo ka ganun. Infinite games, the object is to keep playing. So you keep changing the game so that you keep it going. Yun yung magic ng SimCity, right? Hindi siya, ah, dumating ako sa boss, napatay ko yung boss after 54 levels, panalo na ako. Hindi siya ganon. Yung challenge mo is, how do you keep building this city so it keeps growing? And there are things that are not in your control, right? Whether or not people want to move it, there's of course, ano, para may algorithm behind it. Diba? Ang controls mo, apart from building stuff, taxes. Diba? So pwede mong erase yung commercial tax, i-lower yung commercial tax, i-raise yung residential tax. So meron siyang kind of governance layer. Uh, so those two dynamics na, how do you keep this thing going na may sustainable frame siya, di ba? Eh, ganun ang urban, urban planning eh, di ba? You can do urban design, lagay tayo ng road dito, lagay natin ganyan, pero yung importante yung, ano yung rules that you develop that actually cause the kind of what you see? I see. So urban planning is a different kind of management. Para siyang infinite game, no? Imagine games like Minecraft. It's designed to not have a boss level at the end. It's specifically designed to keep you playing. Tama, Mark. You know, in urban planning, the goal is to keep the city running, to keep people happy, and to plan for unforeseen challenges. Yes, and as a manager, that involves moving a lot of levers. 
you have to realize that big levers can cause dramatic changes. But at the same time, kailangan mo rin pansinin yung little tweaks that you make. What fascinates me is how little tweaks in a system can have very, very different consequences. And, and parang to, in, in urban planning, no? uh, or urban form. Uh, if you've ever been to Amsterdam or the Netherlands, famous yung urbanscape nila dahil very narrow houses, which makes it very walkable, tapos very dense, di ba? You know what drove the building form na very narrow? It was a tax policy that basically taxed you by the width of your property, right? So the tendency was, let me narrow my property as much as I can, so I'm paying less, and then because you need living space, you go deep, di ba? When they started, it wasn't like, ah, ang urban design natin, ganito. So mga ganong early taxing mechanisms that actually creates urban form, and yun yung fascinating sa akin in systems, right? Of uh, ano yung tweak in a system, whether it's at the starting point or somewhere else later, na meron siyang outsized effect, di ba? Oh nga. I, I, w- I would never have imagined that tax policies could dictate urban form. Yeah. Well, if you think about the logic of it, right? Why did you set it that way? Para madaling i-enforce and confirm. Yeah, hindi ko na kailangang isipin kung ano yung bahay mo, kung magkano yung ginastos mo dyan. May measure ko lang yung width. Hindi na ako kailangang pumasok. And if you isipin mo, dahil walkable yung urbanscape nila, di ba? So mas maglalakad ka. Eh, if you compare it to zoning rules or, or urban design rules in, say, suburban US, di ba? Na kailangan, may mga requirements yun eh. Ganito kalaki yung side yard mo. Ganito yung distansya mo from lot to property to ganyan. Uh, most people will likely have to own a car. If you own a car, then you get in the car to drive anywhere. Which means you don't get the walking, you don't get the exercise. Kaya mataas din ang obesity in the US, di ba? <laughs> so, it's all about actions and consequences. When you move one lever, you have to be conscious of the effects that it can have later on. That's right, Mark. All right, you know, still on urban planning. Let, let, let's say in the United States, okay, you have rules that require parking spaces for commercial areas, right? In cities like Amsterdam, however, walang parking. So what this does is create a culture of driving in the U.S. and a culture of biking in Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. And that's based out of nothing, really. Someone just invented them. And what that does, it, it drives more parking. So you, you, you create more and more parking spaces, which then makes it in, encourages more driving. Because now your whole environment is all about driving. Uh, so ganun yon, yung tipong, and I could go into lessons of what we do in cities where we make it easy for people to drive and we prioritize people driving. We'll build, we'll sacrifice rivers to put new expressways over the river because we think traffic is the problem. And what that does is it creates more traffic. Because that's what you're saying, diba? Vehicles are important, so we'll build more vehicles. And that's you make everything else harder. So therefore people choose the easy way, which is uh, that means I have to own my own car. We can trace a direct line from Sir Benji playing SimCity to the work that he does today. He is deeply involved in urban planning, particularly transportation. We've talked about how rules and systems can create entire cultures, 
A tax law can shape a city's design. Building more expressways can lead to a culture favoring cars over people. The design is really like an infinite game if you think about it. Now, let's talk about where we are at right now. Our transportation systems ground to a halt during the worst days of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we saw more and more people turning to cycling to get to their work. Tinanong namin si Sir Benji if right now we are at a tipping point. Is this where we will see a shift in the way that we see transportation in the country? I think we are, clearly. I mean, just yes, in Metro Manila, if you look at the number of people using bikes and the stronger clamor for we need to build bike lanes, better bike lanes, nag-shift na yung conversation niya na because even, remember, even before the pandemic, public transportation was so bad. And so people are complaining and people are realizing na, teka, most of us take public transportation, bakit lahat ng investment para sa kotse? Mm-hmm. And so there's more of a resistance, more of clamors, more of groups like Move Us One Coalition saying that we need to build out bike lanes, we need to change the way we pay for public transportation, get into service contracting with our jeepneys, uh, so that we can get around and shifting the punto de vista na ang problema. We've been trying to solve traffic congestion for the last 50 years. Right? <laughs> for the, every time, if you look at EDSA, every intervention there was about trying to solve traffic congestion, never solves it. Diba? Every flyover, every underpass, and every time you put that intervention, you make it harder for people who take public transportation. Kasi dun sila sa ilalim, diba? rather than the flyover. And you're trying to make cars. Eh, ang, ang car ownership natin in Metro Manila is like 12%, 15%. Yeah, oh nga no. The reality is, there are more commuters than car owners. So, that might become a problem when more commuters decide na Ay, bibilin na lang ako ng kotse. And you never solve it because traffic is a symptom. There's a ironclad rule in transportation called induced demand. The more roads you build, the more traffic you get. Kasi you're saying, basically saying this is the way to go. And so now, I think like she shift na to say, wait a minute, 80% of Metro Manilans travel by public transportation. Paano naman kami prioritize natin? So yun yung tipping point na shift. And I think the leaders are starting to feel the pressure na Ah, nga, no, we need to pay attention to these things because there's a clamor to it. So hopefully, going back to our conversation of ano yung tweaks to the system no, that will change the game, that we are changing the game. Merong influence yung... Uh, so they, I, I used to get asked a lot. For the last decade, every time I'd be in Manila or someone would interview me about urban planning, and then they would ask, like, you know, oh, so what should we do? Okay, so what should we do, Benji? How do we get to that point of having a good transportation system? Or at the very least, a decent one? What you need to do is organize. Organize, organize, because then you have a voice. Because we can't say uh, the technical people will solve it. There's a guy, Enrique Peñolosa, uh, likes to say that transportation is not a technical problem. The technical problem can be solved. It is a political problem. And a political problem by saying what's important, right? So we look at the the way we've been trying to solve traffic for the last 50 years, every time failing. And the more roads we build, it will continue to fail. We then have to stop and say, ano ba talaga yung object of the game? Diba? And is it to move vehicles and cars? Or is it to move people? And if you start saying, we're going to move people, then bike lanes are important because you can move way more people in bike lanes. 
buses are more important because you can, you know, for every bus that's full, yeah, if you imagine 60 people yon, how many cars would that be if all of those 60 people had to be, kahit puno yung kotse na apat o lima yung nakasakay. Diba? So, these things are more efficient and so, changing the game, tweaking it and saying, okay, so again, going back to Edsa, no? when you tweaked it and you put the bus in the middle, wala na siyang kompetensya and it's, it's isolated so it could move faster. So, things like that that we could tweak including how are we paying for public transportation. Right? Na, kasi ngayon, ang kita nila is only from the fares which determines behavior. Every person you see on the street is kita. But if you change the payment, na hindi ang kita is not per passenger, but if we were paying public transportation to serve X number of kilometers, then you can shift to a schedule and it becomes predictable and it becomes more convenient. Right. Like in some cities na may schedule yung buses. Well, may schedule sila. Even that needs to be tweaked, right? Lots of uh, municipal agencies, meron silang, oh, 7.15, dadating to 7.45 yung next. Uh, what happens that though, though, is yung drivers are trying to chase the clock. So the new, more progressive transit agencies, they have a model called headway management. Na parang, doesn't matter, basta what time it is, ang importante is five minutes ka from the, behind the next bus. So don't look at the clock, look at how far away you are. Because then, for the passenger, it makes it much more predictable. Allow me a little nostalgia, Benji. I don't know if you... Have you seen those old photographs of Manila? Pre-war. We actually had the beginnings of a train system. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we had already some trams already built out. And there was actually a uh, design already of a citywide train system so that as the city would grow, they would build out the trains. Yep. But the war blew everything up. Yeah. And we never rebuilt it. Yeah, and uh, you imagine the name Meralco comes from Manila Electric and Rail Company. Yes. So they yes. were operating the rails. And they in ganun yun eh, you, in many other cities, you were the, the electric operator because electricity wasn't going out yet. You were rolling it out, you are also operating rail. So two things about that. Man. One is, we can't always be too nostalgic and say, oh, it was better back then. In some ways, yes, but it was also a very much smaller city and it wasn't as dynamic an economy. And going to the rules of the game, no, bakit hindi na rebuild? So Manila was totally bombed out and we had the, the really sad massacres, you know, that happened post at the end of World War II. Yes. Oh. So the question is, why didn't we rebuild? So there was actually money to build both Quezon City and rebuild the city. Yung legislature natin was dominated by rural landowners. We spent the money on rural irrigation rather than investing in the city. Ah, okay, okay. And you hear traces of that, this kind of, the city is bad, invest in the whole, balik probinsya, balik kayong probinsya, umalis na kayo ng Metro Manila, di ba? And that never works. My challenge always to anyone is, people who say, we need to build a new city so we will depopulate, decongest now Metro Manila. And my challenge is, I'll pay you good money, show me a case where a new city reduced uh, depopulated or even you know change the growth trajectory of the primary city it has never happened and and yung bias nun is the city is bad and it's a mess we won't invest in it we'll invest somewhere else and it keeps us from saying no this is the city we have we do need to invest in the countryside that's true we do need to invest in other cities don't imagine by doing that and neglecting your three percent of the land that basically generates 50 percent of your economy your national economy that, you know, things will get better here. They won't. So what you need to do is invest 
in what you already have, think about how we can can we make Metro Manila better instead of saying how malis na lang kayong lahat, di ba? And which never works. <laughs> so yung yung trace of the whole bias against Manila after World War II in the city, nandun pa rin yun. You can trace it all the way to our elite wanting kind of balik probinsya and invest instead in the countryside and ignore the primate city of the Philippines. The other tweak, very important, is housing. Providing affordable housing in the city so that people can live near where they work. Clearly, maraming gustong ishare si Sir Benji about the changes we can implement to make our transportation system better. But the general point is to ask, who are we trying to move? Tao ba o kotse? When we manage something, we have to ask who is our priority. And this is where we start to shift our perspective. Diba, Sir Mon? Yes, Mark. Like we said at the start of this episode, a perfect city, a smart city, isn't one that simply banks on new technology. It has to bank on people, smart people. It has to understand that it is people who need to move around, not, not, not cars. True, Sir Mon. And unfortunately, restarting the game isn't an option. Kasi nga, unlike SimCity na may alien invasion, walang restart sa totoong buhay. The solution is not, okay, gawa tayo ng bagong city. I think it's that, right? We need to go and take and say, what, are the, what is the goal of the game that we're trying to play here? And how do you, going back to James P. Carsey, make this an infinite game and the point is to keep playing? And so it's a sustainability question, right? And an inclusion question, right? How do you make sure we're building a city that is sustainable in the long term and works for everyone? And then ask, okay, so what are we trying to solve? And therefore, what are the rules of this game that we need to pay attention to? And who is playing? Nako. When we're talking about managing entire cities, because again, you know, the, these tweaks are all connected to each other. At napakahirap mag-anticipate ng effects, no? When you make one tweak and it has this effect and that effect, no? paano yun? <laughs> That's true, Sir Mon. Kaya nga, infinite game siya, di ba? Walang ending. And pwedeng ganun na rin yung maging perspective natin when it comes to business. Oh nga no kasi well well when you think about it hindi lang negosyo buhay no <laughs> life <laughs> it's a never ending game you know and you know you 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 just can't restart the game na kung gusto mo siyang i-restart <laughs> but uh, but the thing is it's a it's Benji has a lot of good insights no and at saka very relevant diba mm-hmm. uh, this whole issue of how how do you design mass transport mark Yeah. Is it you design it for trucks and cars or do you design it for people? Yeah. Oh. And we see some initiatives na, diba, Sir Mon, na meron tayong mga bike lanes. But sometimes, makita rin talaga natin na they're not enough. Well, <laughs> tulad na banggit natin kanina, walang katapusan itong topic na to. <laughs> anyway, okay, that was our episode. And once again, I'm Onis Berto. Thank you for listening. And I'm Mark Casillian. This episode was produced and edited by Carl Sayat. 
If you like this episode, please subscribe to Squad Leader on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Smart. Live your passion with purpose with Smart Prepaid. And powered by Puma Podcast. If you want to learn more about urban planning and mobility, we have been having conversations with Benji and other experts in our other podcasts. Check out A Better Normal where we talk to Benji about fixing the jeep and bus system for Metro Manila. We also have a Better Normal episode with Pasig Transportation Head Anton C. about designing for people, not for cars. On the Usapan Econ podcast, search for the episode Ano Ang Cost ng Traffic? And on the Puma podcast channel, check out an LA official on what Manila shouldn't emulate from his city. Maraming salamat po.